The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only, is it August yet, podcast. I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser as always. And of course, we do have a lot to get to in this episode. As yes, the CFL has finally released some details about uh, what may or may not be coming down out of the pipeline in the future here for a little bit for this league. Right. A little more details than we've ever gotten in the past, so that's at least promising, but uh, not perfect yet. So we, of course, will get into all of that. But I know what's really on everyone's mind right now. <laughs> and that was after we uh, we podcasted last week. We talked. Uh, I basically just asked John a bunch of senseless questions, and we kind of went from there and had some fun. But if you remember why we were doing that in the first place, it's because uh, John was getting a little uh, snip snip to make sure that he didn't uh, provide Lacey with the Fraser curse ever again. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> that was that was really good. I got to say, I saw that on, on social media. I'm like, Fraser curse. That is the Fraser curse. There's yeah, that is that is a prime example of that. Yeah, three three times is more than enough because the fourth Fraser curse would. <laughs> that would not be bueno. Three, I'm already overcome with anxiety as I look at my basement that's been destroyed by children's toys and children's playing and children's joy and thinking, oh, great, we're adding one more to the mix here in August. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. How are, mm-hmm. how, many, how are the frozen peas going, John? Um, well, uh, the Fraser curse is real. And I don't mean that in, in me getting Lacey pregnant again. I mean in the fact that Everybody I've spoken to leading up to the procedure was like, you know what, you'll be it'll be fine. You'll be sore, a little uncomfortable for a day, maybe two, then you'll be fine. I'm like, okay, sounds great. I could go for, you know, mine was getting done late at night. I'm like, you know what, I'll probably be out of commission into Sunday and kind of expected for that. So the place I went to, uh, a place called Gentle Procedures here in Saskatoon, where they were very gentle, however... <laughs> Ish can happen. The Fraser curse is real, and you'll understand in a moment. So once you're all prepped up, like put it this way, they 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 take so much care into your comfort that there is a TV on the ceiling. You've got Bluetooth headphones, you've got Netflix. So I pull up one of my favorite all-time office office episodes, the dinner party. I got my Bluetooth headphones on. They even warm up the alcohol before they clean your equipment with it. So it's like, okay, this is nice. So as expected, they begin, and they start on the left side. And there's some discomfort, but no pain. And I'm literally sitting there staring up, watching the dinner party, and going, you know what, I, I think I'm going to suffer a blizzard after this. I'm feeling pretty good. Driving myself, I feel pretty good. I'll get a blizzard. Well, then they move to the right side. And Joel, I want you to imagine the hardest you've ever been kicked in the nuts. Hmm. And then multiply that by about a factor of 12. Hmm. Next thing you know, the blood has left my face. The sweat has come. And as I sit there in my mask, I go, how does one vomit in a mask is what's running through my head. I am no longer paying attention to the office. No, just the blinding pain in my right testicle. So the doctors can tell something's wrong. They say, is it just pressure? I said, no, like, I feel like I've been punched in the, in, in the dick. And they both look at me and go, oh, there must be a nerve out of place. <laughs> so they coach me through it. They apply more freezing. They I, I, they help me breathe through it. The worst pain I've ever been in. 
and it's all done. So at this point, they're like, well, normally this is when we tell people to like sit up, but you need to remain laying down because we're almost certain you'll pass out. That's how bad things went. So one of the other workers comes in with a ice cold cloth to put on my forehead and a juice box. And, you know, somebody hands you like a juice box. Your instinct is to sit up and drink the juice box. Mm-hmm. He says, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just move your mask over. Like he's I'm like, well, how do I keep my mask? He's like, it's fine. You're going to pass out if you sit up. So I have my juice box. And about 20 minutes later, they get me back on my feet and I walk like a cowboy out of gentle procedures and I asked I had a chance to ask I said well like they even said I should win an award for the toughest patient of the day and it turns out of the day the doctor, it's not a very high bar I guess but something I, I well in fairness they're banging out vasectomies at that place from like 9 a.m to mine was being done at 10 p.m there's that many people going every day they're only open on the weekends because oh, okay. of COVID okay they have three clinics they have one in Regina they have one in Swifty, and then they have the one up here. So the so the team has had to lay some people off, and now they're just going like Friday, Saturday, right? Because okay. okay. that, that, now... that's that's more reasonable. I'm like, wow, they're running like twelve hours a day every day, seven days a week. That's crazy. <laughs> or that's <laughs> sorry, that's nuts. But so I ask him. I say, well, you know, uh, my reaction wasn't normal. Like, is there? Something I, I, I could have done to avoid it. He goes, well, he goes, if you had traumatic, like trauma down there. I said, well, I used to be a goalie. And several times took one right in the cash and prizes. And he goes, that's it. So my fellow former goaltenders, be prepared that if you go in for the old snippity snip and they take out the scoopity scoop, they may hit a nervity nerve and you will definitely feel like you're either going to crap your pants, puke, or just die there as they give you the snip. Just the another... worst, part about, worst part about it all, mm-hmm. my stomach was so upset afterwards, I didn't want a blizzard. Ugh. And then I proceeded to sit on my couch for two days, which I really should have planned for Masters weekend. That was really, I dropped the ball there. I was in my recliner where I'm currently recording this podcast with a bag of ice on my balls because Connor decided while we were, you know, wrestling to kick me. So that's fantastic. Well, maybe you shouldn't be wrestling him with a sensitive, extra sensitive groinal area. Groinal, I I like the term groinal. I do. Um, (laughs) He's cute though. You're like, you're small. I can, I can defend you. And then all of a sudden this little two-year-old foot just bam. To the left side. Yeah. That's, but that's, I will that's say, all it would take. I mean, that's all it would probably take normally, but especially right now. That's fair. But I will say, um, they put me on painkillers, like just your typical like prescription strength. Like I think they were T1s mm-hmm. uh, and ibuprofen. And it was still bothering me, bothering me, bothering me. I got high the other night, and that's the best my balls have felt. So anybody <laughs> out there that's listening that has some vasectomy discomfort... Go get high. Currently, I'm not high because I'm trying to stick it to one vice a day. And, of course, this is a podcast where we mostly talk about beer, but we actually have football talk for once this week. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do, Joel, other than yeah. other than do we sing, Love Live the Night. <laughs> it is Thursday, so I, I guess we could. Back to the story for a second, though. I think the moral of the story is don't let your kids grow up to be goalies. That's fair. 
it's expensive and their balls will be crushed in ways that they will never know until they're 34 getting their tubes snipped and almost dying and puking and then they won't want to eat a blizzard and it'll be the worst thing it's still better than making Lacey go through it, though. So, I mean, that's good. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, that is, that, that is like, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, and, and again, literally, this is why I say the Fraser curse is real, though. Because even my boss was saying to me, he's like, oh, you know, there was maybe a chance that we were going to be busy. They may, we may have been shorthanded the Saturday after. He's like, oh, I was fine the next day. And I said to him, I'm like, well, listen. My only hang-up is, is getting back into pants the next day. And this is before the procedure. I said, if mm-hmm. I can come in in, like, my, my, my basketball shorts and do finance, we might have something on the table. No way I'm coming in in pants. And it's a good thing in retrospect I didn't have to come in because <laughs> I would have just been crying. There would have been a lot of really good deals that day just to get people out of your office. (laughs) Would have been, yes. Get out of here. It's all free. Just go. (laughs) You want to extend your warranty? Yes, Kay, it's free today. Get out of here. (laughs) Why are you crying? I bought the warranty. I know. I'm in so much pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it uh, it all, the Fraser curse is real. Because if anything is going to happen, it's going to happen to me. That's like the Fraser curse in a nutshell. Absolutely. And of course, he, John uh, mentioned it. Uh, we do have some football news to actually get to. We may have actually talked in, into existence in sort of a reverse Fraser curse kind of way. It's because you talked about it. Yes. You are the breaking of the Fraser curse. Had you said last week that, you know, my vasectomy would go well, I'm sure it would have. So I, I, I need you to like say, like, I'm going to have a really good week at work now, Joel. That'd be neat. Would it? Yeah, it's been kind of shitty lately. Well, tomorrow's Friday, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I work Saturdays! Well, that's, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> or, or you rube. <laughs> Oof. Careful now. <laughs> We're both from Ontario, though. It's Ontario, Ontario, on Ontario violence. I'm allowed to call you a rube. Yes, and I'm think i'm actually the one from the city compared to you in ontario terms so oh i am definitely the two of us 100 percent you're from the civilized part of ontario i'm from like yeah you want to get you want to see a walmart you got to go two hours each way (laughs) like walmart was neat for us back then yeah 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 so yeah, the CFL might play this year. Uh, before we get to all that, as usual, as we uh, raise one to uh, John's Fallen Soldiers, uh, right. what's in the glass this week? This week, again, dealing with the uh, pain and not wanting to take painkillers anymore, uh, it will be another edition of Two Beer John on the podcast, uh, both from our delightful sponsors at the Pile of Bones Brewing Co. down in Regina. The first one, coming out of the fridge cold is the unofficial beer of the podcast, that being the Pile of Bones White IPA. Because sometimes you just need something to make your balls feel better. Uh, and then... <laughs> uh, I should pitch that to Glenn as their new on their new tagline for the White IPA. Sometimes you just need something to make your balls feel better. <laughs> I'm, I'll am i even voice it for free of charge. Free of charge, Glenn. Just add another add another flat to the, uh, to the sponsorship deal there. So um, uh, we've praised this beer. We love it. It's delicious. Put it in your face plate, especially as we come around to the warmer months. And Veteran Maneuver, mm-hmm. also, I took out of the fridge at the same time, also because I don't want to get up and walk across my basement to my beer fridge. 
Fair. Is the Pile of Bones Red Ale, letting mm. it warm up a little bit as I came off of, you know, you can't. And I appreciate you being a good friend and not sending me your sexy beer photos because you and, and I don't mean like you seductively posing with beer. It's just you seem oh, to have uh-huh. a talent for taking photos of what you're drinking and, and, and it looks really good. And normally you send it to me, but you're like, you know what? You're not drinking this weekend as you recover. I won't do that. I appreciate that about you, Joel Gasson. But um, yeah, back on the red ale as I'm going to let it warm up as a tip from you. Uh, yeah, it's delightful. It's more of a winter beer which is good because it is kind of cold outside and I was wishing my balls were a little bit colder. Uh, for me, it's kind of along the lines of the red, but not quite. I have the Pile of Bones Vienna style lager with me right now. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Again, sexy beer photos. Not not naked Joel, but no, like... No, God, no. Twitter, I, my account would be shut down so fast for that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's kind of got that little bit of a toffee color to it. Uh, a little mal- more malt forward than your sort of normal lager. Well, slight little bit of bitterness, but still uh, very easy drinking and approachable if that's something you're into. I know Bushwhackers made of Vienna for a while. It's kind of an old school style of beer, but you may know of some bigger brands that quote unquote make Vienna styles. But I mean, this one actually has flavor. So, I mean, that's that's always the bonus, <laughs> right? It's not just Molson Canadian with red food coloring in it. Or anything like that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that... And it's funny because that's been that's definitely been one of those that like I've wanted to try. I've seen it mm. on the shelves, but uh, I just grabbed the uh, both of mine come from that uh, great variety pack. Mm-hmm. Pilot Bones is selling right now that eight pack. Like especially if you're like me, because I want to pick up other variety packs because I like variety, but they all include stouts, and I am not a stout guy. So this is perfect. You get your blondes, you get your whites, get your reds, and you get your space cadet. Y'all really need a Costco liquor store up there for the new Rebellion fifteen pack. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, we really, yeah. We have two Costcos and no Costco liquors. The world doesn't make sense anymore. No, it does not. Never. Now I'm going to the wrong website because of you, thanks. I was typing in, I was trying to go to somewhere else, and then I started typing in Costco.ca for some reason. <laughs> Where were you going, Joel? 3 com. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. The website you we we have this podcast on in... in and you report for, and I am just kind of there by affiliation. Yeah, so if you uh, missed the news this week, the CFL has finally put out a bit of a return-to-play thing, sort of, to you know, kind of give us an idea of what they're thinking this time around. If you remember last year, pretty close to this time, um, the CFL postponed the 2020 season until, quote-unquote, an indefinite, basically without a without any kind of start date in mind. Right. Uh, This year, as I think there was a lot of people getting really sort of anxious and frustrated with the fact that the, you know, the league had basically gone MIA since the XFL announcement and hadn't really said much of anything about anything since then. So we were thought we were getting over. We're getting radio silence again. People really starting to get worried about what's this going to mean? What are they going to say? And then of course the board of governors met earlier this week on Tuesday and the report started to come out that, okay, they're going to make a decision, and then they're going to announce it the next morning for some reason, but regardless, and we're like, okay, here we go again. What's this announcement going to be? How much information are we going to get? Right. And I would say pleasantly surprised. It could still be, you know, there still maybe could be a little bit more information, but overall, not bad. They kind of gave us the, okay, this is what needs to happen. And number one is, of course, all the you know return to play, which we you know needs to be clarified. Return to play, they mean the return to play 
proposals to the governments to just actually, you know, practice and play games and that sort of stuff all has to be approved by the provinces. Right. And then they need at some point significant fans in the stands approved by the governments as well. Now, right. that, you know, they, we've, they've talked about to some degree, you know, does not necessarily every team has to run at X capacity for the season to start, but they have to have some assurances that there will be fans allowed in the stands at some point. And it seems every team kind of has their own movie target on that. But regardless, if all that goes according to plan and we sort of have a pretty good idea of things, it sounds like at this point they're hoping for a July camp, an early July camp with an August 5th kickoff date. And they would play a 14-game regular season, which would then push the Grey Cup into December, which would probably, in the long run of things, make people appreciate a November Grey Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way to do I, it, I yes. will say this, though. In Ontario in December, sometimes it can be strangely not cold. Well, not only strangely not cold, but especially, especially southern Ontario. Especially in the GTA kind of area, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of finding even, like, your worst days are still that, like, minus 10, minus 15. Like, you, you definitely – you couldn't have a December Grey Cup in, in on the prairies. Like, it's just impossible. So there's still some hope for, like, a – pleasantly cold like like not yeah. record setting like that and, one and, and, cup. and look we're not complaining about the weather by any means it could be minus <laughs> 50 and hurricane winds and all the snow in the world it wouldn't matter because at least the great cups freaking being played well and, and that is exactly <laughs> it you're you're right joel i i very much like the league's kind of measured approach to this mm-hmm you know, by everything you read and everything you hear and all the experts you listen to, and if you actually take the time to dig for experts on social media and on the news, you'll make yourself feel better. Trust me. Everybody is kind of the the, the target for most of the country seems to be July. The other thing, too, that we have to consider is with half of all these of these teams being American. Mm-hmm. The U.S., Every adult can go get it. So you'd have to think that your players are going to have, on both sides of the border, are going to have access to at least their first dose of vaccine by July. So that's that to me is is the biggest thing that they they need to get out of the way. Well, we right? already we've already seen a number of American players get their vaccination like a month or two ago. Oh, a hundred percent, right? And mm-hmm. and the the U.S. announced any adult over eighteen now has access to it. They've got surplus supplies. They're even looking at setting up here to us in Canada to to help things. So you know things are trending in the correct direction from there. You know, um, and even here in Canada, right? I mean, you and I living in Saskatchewan, you know, both guys below forty, where. <sighs> Within the next couple of weeks, from everything you see, we should have an opportunity to at least book a vaccine appointment. Maybe, so, yeah. yeah, from I say at least book. I'm not saying you and I are going to have it in two weeks, but, you know, the age is now, you know, at the beginning of April, the age in Saskatchewan is 80 plus. We're down to 40 plus, which has a huge uptake, which is awesome. So I think all the signs are trending in, in the right direction to having – you know, having the players on the field and fans of the stands, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've often joked here, and it's a shame that the province didn't come out and say it, but the easiest way to get people to get vaccinated for the Ryder games is say, and, and maybe they don't want to make this announcement too early, maybe this is something in the future, but you need to prove you're vaccinated or immunocompromised. 
Because to me, that's your easiest route to having significant numbers of fans in the stands, especially in this province. So the league didn't come out and say, here's the new schedule, here's what we're doing, but they did break radio silence, commit to playing. That's the number one thing, too, is everything you read from, from all the news conferences and all, all the conference calls and all the Zoom calls that happen across the country, uh, teams are committing to play. They're saying, we are playing this year. And yeah. we couldn't have that confidence last year. It's just good to it's good to hear. And you know that there are probably other contingency plans. Like we all hear the Labor Day contingency plan, right? That that you uh, know, yeah. maybe it, yeah. maybe it's Labor Day if we have I, to. I, I think that's basically you could probably push the whole thing back one more month right. and shorten the schedule and still have a December Grey Cup, and that's probably the latest you could go. I would agree. So that's kind of the we're kind of looking at the deadline there. Um, I I'm somewhat optimistic that it's not going to be necessary. I know things are really bleak in this country right now, especially everywhere west of the Maritimes. But right, there's still a long way till July. I think you know, I, I just want to remain positive that I think it's going to be okay. They may not get exactly what they want to start the season. We may not be looking at everyone playing in their home stadium to start the season. There may be hesitancy. Which they've indicated. Yeah, which it was, you know, there may be some hesitancy, especially in Ontario, where other than the NHL, they've been very slow at letting sports get going there again in that province. Yeah. So, and this is something that the league has talked about where they might have to get creative and say, you know, the Eastern teams may move west for x number of weeks to get the season started before they move back home and craig reynolds was asked that on the conference video call with the media here in regina the other day and he said that basically he said that was something that you know he'd be open to talking about and looking into doing because you know by everything i got from craig reynolds in that conversation was at all costs the saskatchewan rough riders want to play football this year I believe the Riders would be comfortable playing with no fans. They just want to get on the field this year. Yeah, and that was one thing, too. You sent me the audio of, of that conference call, and I listened to it today. And for one, uh, the reason I am feeling more confident is the province has approved the Riders' return-to-play plan. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, they, uh, Craig Reynolds didn't go into it. He's like, no. we've got approval, right? Yeah. So that would lead you to indicate there's probably, you know, a 25, a zero, zero people in the stands, 25% capacity, 50% capacity, right? So, well, there were, and that was in, in, to be clear, there's, there's two plans kind of going on at the same time here. There's the return to play, which is covers everything on the day-to-day -day football ops side. So they can practice, they can have meetings, they can play games at Mosaic Stadium, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the fans whatsoever. There's a whole other plan called reopening Mosaic Stadium, right? which obviously at this point remains a work in progress, but you would assume with vaccinations going along at a current rate by some point in August, September, you would think that there would be some kind of capacity, and I still believe to me, at least to start the season, Craig Reynolds and Riders would be quite comfortable playing without any fans in the stands. Well, and, and that was another part of the conference call, is he said that they had anticipated to basically dip into the reserve funds last fall mm -hmm. and haven't had to do so. And thank the fans, that's a, you know, in other words, merch sales and, you know, people keeping season tickets in there so they could, you know... Or, keep the money afloat, some layoffs. I know what you never want to see, but, you know, the Riders did a good job. I, I think you're absolutely right on, on that, Joel. I Edmonton think he, did the same thing, apparently. They haven't touched their fund either yet. And Calgary, I saw late today, I saw mention the same thing. And then BC, uh, the estate of David Braley, which is currently funding the team, 
is up is is apparently like if I read this correctly and I might be mistaken and feel free to correct me because I'm wrong often. I haven't I read this, this yet. So I don't this, know. this thing is nearing a billion dollars like like David Braley's like liquidity and all his companies and everything like that. His estate is nearing a billion dollars to keep like the, the BC Lions going. So combine that with the fact that and this is surprising to me that you look at baseball stadiums reopening. You look at football stadiums that were partially open, baseball stadiums partially open, all the things down to the states that are partially open with fans that are all outdoors. The fact that there hasn't been a major outbreak traced to that is also encouraging. And I believe it was uh, an Irish study that talked about uh, the fact that, that COVID tra transmissibility, even with the variants, is very low outdoors. So that all says to me that are we going to have 33,000 at Mosaic in August? More than likely not. I'd be surprised I, if we saw it all during the season, but yeah. I, w I would concur. Um, are we going to see 10 to 15? I would say yes. Maybe, yeah. It's possible. Un unless, unless the riders in the reopening Mosaic plan are smart enough to go, if you've been vaccinated, you can come. Yeah, and at this point, it doesn't sound like that's something they're, a road they're not going down for some reason. Um, Scott, Premier Scott Moe said this week it wasn't a thing. I don't know how much say he has over that, um, frankly. But it's a thing, so I don't know if that's something the organization has told him or if it's something that he's trying to say. And uh, Craig Reynolds was asked that in the news conference as well, and he didn't... He said it wasn't something they were considering at this point. And, right. you know, I, I get it to some degree. You don't want to alienate everyone completely, but at the same yes. time... You know, I, I think if every, basically if every sports, and this isn't even just a CFL thing that could be happening right now. Basically, if every sports organization in North America right now, at least in Canada, because in, you know, in America, the politics are different and they've been a lot looser with a lot of things the entire time. Yeah. Came forward and said, okay, we understand you don't really want us to have large crowds, but what if we said you had to have at least one shot to enter the building? Mm-hmm. Or were or had med had like concrete medical proof that you could not do this. We talked just a little bit about this last week because that that seems to be the plan in Buffalo for the fall, right? And I feel like if teams did that, you would get fairly quick approval, if not instant approval, and saying, okay, yeah, maybe. And it's not. I'm not saying they're not going to open up to 100, percent but like say you could devise some kind of scheme, or maybe it's a solid number. Maybe say, okay, you, you know. Well, you let vaccinated fans in, but only up to 25%. Because according to right. TSN's Pharmacology, that's the number the league is looking for uh, in terms of capacity. I saw the BC Lions are, you know, hoping to open the season with like four to 5,000 fans in the lower bowl, yep. which is about 17%, they say. So that's right. kind of what they're looking at there. So maybe that's where they go. Or I was thinking, well, what if you put in the vaccine passport thing and then you just tied the number to basically the vaccination level within whatever you consider the community. Right. So for Ryder fans, it would be Saskatchewan, so you tie it, I would say, up to a certain point based on first shots, and then it, then it kind of caps off, and then it kind of climbs again once more people get the second shot. Well, what, I'm, what I was seeing today, too, and I wish I remembered which baseball team this was, there's a baseball team in the States that is opening up a fully vaccinated, like, section. If you are fully vaccinated, I thought I thought I heard the Texas Rangers were doing that because they were the morons that opened to full capacity. Right. Yes. Yes. For yes. the one game, uh, it was yeah, it was Texas and it was somebody else. It was it was 
God, it was another baseball team. It was one that it, 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 I remember being surprised. It wasn't a Deep South team. I want to say like it was like the Twins or the Mariners or the Red Sox or somebody like that from a fairly progressive state that said, "Okay, we're going to you're going to have your own separate entrance. Hmm. You're going to be kind of gated in, but you can if you've been fully vaccinated, you can buy tickets here and sit shoulder to shoulder." Yeah. And to me, that's maybe part of it here in Saskatchewan, right? Like, you know, there's enough gates at Mosaic that you could say, okay, this is the fully vaccinated section, and you could, you know, you've got enough. You could almost isolate those people. And But I'm with you, Joel. I, I, I just think that right now with the climate and with the anger and with the – with everything, why give people a reason to be pissed off, even though it's a dumb reason to be pissed off? Hmm. Um, everything you're seeing, you know, we're getting more and more as the summer progresses. We're, this country and this province are going to get more and more and more vaccines. So why die on that hill when you don't need to yet? And I think that's because if you look at the other moves the riders have done, and this is something you pointed out to me yeah. that I hadn't noticed. The riders had shut down their retail stores in Regina. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do that. If anything, they need that money. They need that money to stay afloat. And the riders have, on their own will, protecting their employees, protecting their fans, shut down all their retail locations. So to me, that says that, you know, there's some thinking here about the safety. They're taking it more serious than maybe some political figures in this province are. But I'm all, I also see the side of, you know, maybe come August, because we, we've done a good job acquiring these. Maybe everybody's got their second dose by August. Why start a fire when you don't have to? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that might be part of it, that you keep your keep your hands out of the politics of it. You know, let's say there are delays. Let's say Mandera continues being a shit show. Let's say Johnson and Johnson or AstraZeneca doesn't, you know, quite work out or they don't quite get the vaccines they're expecting. We can't have people, you know, one shot in the arm by by August. Maybe that's the time you go die on that hill when you need to right i i just don't think I, I i don't why start a firestorm this early you know i i think maybe that's part of it because the actions of the club are one thing while the the messaging is is a different you know kind of reading between the lines right yeah. reynolds saying not at this time and the retail stores being closed and you know obviously this is not this is not a situation where they want to be the Texas Rangers and allow 33,000 people in. They seem to be fully aware of the risk of doing so. Yeah, and and, and I think the, the, the important thing and the good thing that came out of all the whole thing anyway is that Craig Reynolds has basically stated that they may lose more money playing football this year. Mm -hmm. than if they don't play. And that's probably true for all teams because costs go up once you actually start getting you know into football ops and all that kind of stuff going on. Right. And so from an own perspective, sometimes you can see why they would do why they would decide not to play. And there was, you know, the report from Dan Bards of Canadian Press this week where he stated that he believes there are still some owners who don't want to play this year. Right. And my thought to that is if you are a CFL owner that does not want to play for a second straight year, maybe you should no longer be a CFL owner. And well, right. the good news is that I believe, you know, Craig Reynolds, and we've heard it from other sources, but especially Craig Reynolds very came out and said, you know, he's 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 fairly he's been more certain than ever that they're going to play this year. 
and that they he felt they basically have to play mm-hmm. not so much for the money but in terms of you know the brand awareness and for fan interaction and all that sort of stuff because a second year out of sight out of mind while of course maybe you know financially maybe in terms you know everything the league doesn't completely crumble and disappear like some of us might think right it's never going to be the same you will lose so no. many people if for a second straight year you do not play football because I'll be completely honest with you I'm a football guy I watch yeah. every brand of football on the earth that I can watch. Right, yeah. Except you and I f- were talking about you and I were talking about being able to watch like spring collegiate football. Like we would pay yeah. for a all a twenty four seven football channel. Yeah, and some of the spring FCS games from what I've seen online have been spectacular this year. With but, real fat kickers and I've loved it. Big boy yeah. kickers. Except for the fan control football league. I couldn't handle the announcers, so I didn't watch that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was off the rails. The spring league is coming to Fox this year, so I'm gonna be interested to watch that. Which should be interesting, I think. Right. More football, the better. Anyway, yeah. So I watch all the football you could possibly imagine. And I'll be honest. Last year, there's a lot of people I know. A lot of people did. And they talked about how much they missed the CFL. And I was like, you know what? There was so much stuff going on in the world. Maybe that probably played into it. But I didn't really miss it. Really? At a certain point, I was, you know, once, especially once we got to the fall and college football was on, and the NFL was on, and everything, and I was just like, there wasn't a part of me that was sitting there and be like, oh, I wish I was watching the CFL game right now. And that, and that's not, and that's not to shit on the league. That's not to say that I don't care about the league. You know, I love the league, and I want it to succeed, and I want it to be there, and I will watch it when it's there. But at right. the same time, if they're not going to try, then I'm not really going to give it my all either. And I'm just going to say, you know what, I'll move on, because you know what, Coastal Carolina and BYU are playing right now, and that game is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, no, and and you're back. I see. I was, I was different. I I missed the NFL. Made me miss the CFL. Hmm. Uh, and you know me. I I don't go quite as deep as you. I would if I didn't have two kids. Um, yeah. as as the week the weekends we get together, <laughs> and it's yeah. like Lacey is is either not there or she's upstairs with the kids, and you and I are just like, okay, let's eat and sit on the couch and watch football, and those are the best days. Uh, um. So I I would, but like for me, I missed the Bombers because in in my house with Lacey and I and and her dad, it's like every Bombers or Riders game is not only a, an excuse to get together, but it's something to to talk about. It's something to shit talk each other over. It's 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 just that, and and I missed being that guy like and it's funny like i got for a very very late christmas gift i got a winnipeg blue bombers jacket mm-hmm. and i realized that especially like i've been working at my new job since last july and i walked in wearing this jacket in march and everybody went i had no idea you were a bomber fan and i'm like i miss being the shit disturber that's the one bomber fan in saskatchewan <laughs> i miss that it's not the same because like you know <laughs> Yeah, the Vikings suck. Yeah, I know we suck. Like, we've sucked for years. I I did miss it because in the terms of, of, of my sports hierarchy, the Bombers have been and always will be the number one above yeah. the Jets, above the Vikings, certainly above the Red Sox right now because they're shunned, even though they've been really good this year. Um and I did, I did miss it. I, I, I really did. So I mean, I mean, they, that's fair. And I'm not, 
I don't think, you know, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting that I was, you know, that I have the right opinion on this and that everyone oh, else God, should I, not miss yeah. it either. And, and maybe part of that is because I don't have that connection to a team in this league. You know, I, I grew up in a weird time in Ottawa where the Rough Riders folded and then the Red Renegades folded. Right. And, you know, I kind of liked the Alouettes for a while, but there was never really like that deep connection to any one right. team in this league. So maybe that's part of it is I've just kind of developed into enjoying this league as a whole rather than just, you know, the in, in terms of like the total fandom because I haven't had that fandom for this league. It's just, you know, I just enjoy football, so I've watched it. But, <laughs> you know? but, and, and the big thing is, Gas, is, is I really think that especially out east and and i, I you know i i come from a, a weirder place in ontario where you know it, my family's from from winnipeg and i saw my first bomber game at 14 of the kari jones era like i just it was awesome right mm-hmm. um but i think the majority of the fans and the fans that the cfl needs to continue to win over are are like you yeah they just enjoy the league enjoy football enjoy going to games and drinking beers, but aren't emotionally invested. Like I would say the guys like me, maybe not so much in this province, but I would say league wide, the guys like me are the minority while the guys like you are the majority. And oh, I, 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 yeah, I think that's entirely fair. I think if you go to a lot of places around this league, there are far more people who will say they are a fan of their local team but they're not that plugged into the team, nor are they that right. plugged into the league. They, you know, they, they're a fan of the BC Lions because they're in Vancouver. They kind of like football. So like they say they're a Lions fan, but yeah. they couldn't name me a lot of players. And this is not, I'm not picking on BC Lion fans or anything like that. This is this fact across a lot of the CFL. And I think that's kind of where the CFL has gotten itself into a little bit of trouble financially is because of this. And I think it even happens in here a little bit in Saskatchewan where maybe a lot of people are connected to the riders, but outside of that, they're not, they're not as connected. So it's it's very become a very localized sort of casualish kind of league that and that's led us to where we are right now. Exactly. And and I think with the majority of fans you it goes back to your point and 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 what Craig Reynolds said if the league goes away for another year, I think we lose the use of the world. You know, the me's of the world will always come back. The Mies of the world would make a special trip. If the league was gone for two years, I would make a special trip to Winnipeg to be there for a Bombers game. Yeah. Would Investors Group Field be full? Absolutely not. No. You know, would New Mosaic be full? Absolutely not. Right? So it's so good that the league is coming back. And it's just – and it's so nice to, to, to go onto Twitter today and see people talking about Reynolds' comments – and you know like it's just it's just nice to see people talking football not these guys from all these different half-assed xfl news sources that are quoting fucking reddit admins as though they're the word of christ himself like i'm so fucking sick of the past months seeing these guys making up bullshit and cfl fans just reacting to it yeah like Great. I can. I'm gonna go make an account on Reddit, start up a subreddit that XFL Insider, and pretend the league's gonna merge, and probably end up on national television as a source on a show that's got 72 viewers on Facebook. So, I, I was, I was happy. I think the league has done it right by saying this is our target date. This is our target date for the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and and I, and I think everyone's very understanding and knowing that. The situation is still very fluid, and we have no idea what's actually going to happen. But at least right. we know kind of what the general idea is. 
we're going to start sometime in August. We're going to end on December the 12th. And you're going to have some very cool balls on December the 12th. So right now, as of right now, I would gladly sit in the seats in Investor's <laughs> Room or Tim Hortons Field. Because, yeah, she's a, I could go for some more ice. <laughs>